At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. In a world of twisted facts, alternative narratives, corrupted corporations, and hacked feeds, how can we decipher the difference between truth and fiction? It's time to take back the truth. Read Robert Kiyosaki's Fake and learn the signs to recognize fake money, fake teachers, and fake assets. Determine what's real in a world where falsehoods are a weapon. Don't let fake advice destroy your financial future. Visit therealkiyosaki.com to read Fake by Robert Kiyosaki. That's therealkiyosaki.com. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So today we have a very, very important guest. That's a man I respect tremendously. You know, Kim has seen me go through his book, The Great Deformation, The Corruption of Capitalism in America. It is um, indexed, highlighted, tabbed, and it's so much I can't remember a thing anymore. But anyway... <laughs> Our guest today is David Stockman. Uh, he was a former budget director, Office of Management and Budget under President Ronald Reagan. He's a best-selling author and he's a Washington insider. That is a key word, is because we do our best at the Rich Dad Radio Show to bring people who are on the inside, not your brother-in-law who's on the outside giving you his opinions or her opinions as the case may be. So um, very excited about having David on this program. He's going to be talking about why the stocks, why stocks will plunge 50% in this daredevil market. You know, is he right or is he wrong? But more importantly, we're going to be talking about his book before anybody else hears about it. It's called Peak Trump, Why the Undrainable Swamp Will Win. I like that, you know, because it's nasty. So any comments? No, I like, I like that title. Peak Trump, Why the Undrainable Swamp Always Wins. Love it. So, David, welcome to the show. Wonderful to have you on. Happy to be with you again. I think there's so many things to talk about. Oh, God. Uh, so many things. We're, we're really in uncharted uh, history here in, in so many dimensions. Politics, worldwide, uh, the Fed, a stock market that has uh, soared into the stratosphere, uh, you know, a government that's uh, completely paralyzed and divided and uh, becoming uh, very nasty, uh, you know, even in its uh, daily communications. Well, uh, so, uh, so, David, you were Office of Management and Budget under President Ronald Reagan. And a lot of Republicans <clears throat> almost worship at the altar of him today. You know, they go, oh, during the Reagan mm -hmm. years, it was so good and wonderful. And, you know, why can't we get back to Reagan? And where is Reagan when we need him? So what was it like working under Reagan? I mean, they, they idolize him now. Yeah, well, you know, that was a crisis time like now. Uh, Ronald Reagan knew that policy had to be changed dramatically. The Keynesian money-pumping and deficit finance of the era had created double-digit inflation, no growth, uh, a malaise, as Jimmy Carter called it, uh, on Main Street America. So he was forthright in saying big changes had to come and it would be painful at first. And therefore, he spent the next four years 
and this is important relative to what we're experiencing today, denouncing the failed economy of Jimmy Carter that he had inherited. And that was the right thing to do because we did have to go through a nasty recession. We did have to uh, implement some really difficult sweeping uh, budget cuts that uh, no one was prepared for at the time because we'd gone for about two decades with the budget just growing and growing and growing and the public debt getting bigger all the time. So, But he handled the communications correctly, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of flaws in the policy, and we can get the, to that another time, and it didn't completely work. We ended up with too big a deficits and too much debt. But at least it did turn around for a while a failing economy. Uh, it put entrepreneurs and what I call free market capitalism back in the saddle. It undermined the notion that big government uh, was the only thing that could make prosperity and uh, you know help people uh, in, in the country. So a lot was accomplished, but he did it uh, you know, with a realistic communication which he was an expert at, uh, to the American public. Now, the reason I mention all this is Trump has gone off in the wrong direction. <laughs> he, you know, he campaigned against the failed economy of Obama and all the other uh, presidents who had gone before. That was fine. He called the stock market one big, fat, ugly bubble. That was true back then when it was only at 2,100 on the S&P 500. He pointed out that the unemployment statistics from the BLS are totally, uh, you know, so, manipulated uh, and aren't, aren't worth the paper they're printed on, etc. Right, right. And then he got elected, and all of a sudden he forgot everything he said during the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that happens. So yeah, he embraced the bubble. He starts bragging about the economy. He starts bragging about uh, this phony 3.7% unemployment rate. And what he's doing inadvertently and mistakenly is taking ownership of an economy that's at the end of its rope. We're at month 110 of the second longest business expansion in uh, history, and we're going to have recession. Nobody outlawed them. And when we have one, the stock market, if you think the last few days or weeks uh, have been uh, difficult, the stock market is going to plunge tremendously. So that's, once, so that's, so that's yeah. what I'm talking about right now is that you're calling that in the near future stocks <clears throat> will plunge 50%. Now, that's a huge call because we're about, let's say, 25,000 right now. Yeah, I, w I would say I look at it on the S&P 500, and when I say we're at peak Trump, I mean peak Trump, peak stock market, peak economic uh, growth, GDP, and peak bubble. And the date I put on it is September 21, when the uh, S&P 500 touched on 2931. And uh, I think we're not going to see that point uh, for years and years to come. <laughs> we're go you know, you so, know, to slide back down the hill so, because that was the peak bubble. So, David, and David. it's very likely, if I just finish this point, that we could touch bottom around 1,500. So that would be 50% from 1,500 on the S&P. Wow. Yeah, right. So, so right. David, you know, I, I was watching you on, um, I think it was Maria Bartiromo's show, and it was Dagan. 
the woman dig and, yeah. and, yeah. and right. she was she was on your case because oh, yeah, she, right. she, she was saying I mean you know the economy is great the economy is great yeah. why are you scaring the <laughs> hell out of people can't we just enjoy the, a nice a nice <laughs> yeah. ride for a little bit so uh, yeah. well you know uh, so uh, why uh, why uh, why are you the bearer of bad news are you the Grinch before, just before Christmas <laughs> well you know uh, I, I mean I, I would, agree with you but I'm going <laughs> uh, you know I would like not to be right. but I've learned, you know, since 1970 when I started working on Capitol Hill, uh, and we only had a $1 trillion, uh, in fact, uh, the public debt then was like $300 billion compared to $21 trillion today. What I've learned is if you're not realistic about what's actually happening, sooner or later you get into a big jam, and then everybody's surprised, how did this happen, like the crash and Great Recession yeah, of so, 2008, 2009. So, so I say the same thing. I said, look, get prepared. It's going to change. And the the operative word in there is prepare. Don't sit there and, you know, mm-hmm. smoke the weed and hope it's all going yeah. to stay better. Yeah. Well, I think the smart money on Wall Street right now is inviting the sheep in for one more <laughs> shearing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But they're selling. If you yeah. watch the market every day, it goes to these various charts points, uh, the 50-day moving average, they lost that. Then the 200-day moving average, they lost that. Now, uh, yesterday, it dropped below the ultimate Maginot line, as they call it, the 50-week moving average. That's uh, on the S&P 2667, and that's what they're knocking on today. But it's not going to sustain. So the smart money's getting out, and the, the point is very simple. There have been extraordinary profits made as a result of a stock market bubble that was stimulated by this massive money printing by the Fed and all the other central banks. We're at the end of that. We're at the end of that. We're at the peak of that. And you could take profits and live happily ever after and wait uh, for a new opportunity at you know, prices in the market, which will be uh, far lower. Now, why so- do I think that's happening? Because of two things. One... For the first time in 20 or 30 years, the Federal Reserve is pivoting to QT. By that, we mean quantitative tightening as opposed to what they've been doing for years and years, quantitative easing. The difference is real simple in layman's terms. During quantitative easing, they're buying up bonds hand over fist, which is to say they're helping the bond price go up and the yield to go down. And that uh, basically, uh, you know, stimulates the entire uh, Wall Street market. In QT, they're doing the opposite. They're shrinking their balance sheet. They're dumping their existing holdings at a $600 billion annual rate, which is a big, big number, in, back into the bond market for somebody else to buy. Well, somebody else will buy it, but at a much higher yield. So, therefore, we're heading into a interest rate shock or yield shock so this where is interest rates are going to go up for the first time in a generation so david so da- david we're back we're back to the future again we're back yeah. to when when I, we, we i sit in a restaurant in the 70s and the waiter would have white out so he could change the prices on the menu right. yeah <laughs> yeah well uh, i don't know if it'll get that severe but i do know that it was we had interest rates that were totally artificial, artificial and low. Right. 
unsustainable. Negative. 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 There was at at one point about a year ago there was 15 trillion of government debt on the market worldwide, uh, you know, yielding negative interest rates, which is to say, people. I don't know where these stupid people came from or who they were, (laughs) but they were actually paying governments to borrow money from them. I I have to say that again. Wait, wait, wait. I want the the listeners to hear this. Say that again. (laughs) You you go to the bank because they're going to pay you interest, but the last last 10 years, and they're still doing it, they go to the bank and they say, please, let me pay you to hold my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so wait, David, let me say, you know, because... Before we put our listeners on suicide watch, okay? <laughs> so what can the average person do? Let's say they're making 100 k a year. They're middle class. They got three kids getting ready to go to college. And you're spreading this bad news about the stock market will plunge 50%. And you're talking about why Trump, you know, he cannot beat the swamp. The swamp's going to win. So right. what can the average guy do? Well, I, I think he can reposition his portfolio if he's been saving. Well, the average guy, all- not Trump. Trump doesn't have a portfolio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, the Trump can't reposition his portfolio. It's all in li- illiquid uh, real estate in New York City, which is way overvalued, and it's going to go down. <laughs> so he's going to lose billions uh, whether uh, you know he likes it or not. So he'll be in the soup with everybody else. But the average guy who has been prudent, saving, investing, let's say, in the stock market or uh, in other uh, fixed income accounts can reposition and recognize that we're in a huge pivot and that interest rates are going up and the price of long-term securities, bonds, and stocks is going are going down also real estate will go down because interest rates are affected absolutely so the thing to do is get in liquid short-term instruments you know like two-year treasury bills right now have very little price risk but they're yielding almost three percent now i know People want 7, 10, 20 percent, or they want home runs and all that. But at a time like this, you forget about the home runs, you forget about the double digits, and you preserve capital and you earn a modest return that is safe. And there, there, there's plenty of opportunity to do that today. In fact, what's finally happening with the central banks and the Fed is that the, uh, you know, the crushing. Uh, impact they were having on savers is finally abating. They're finally right. allowing, after all this time, interest rates to inch their way back to normality. And, you know, most people don't want to take, especially if they're at retirement or in retirement or near retirement, take an enormous amount of risk. But they do want uh, a return. And for, for the first time, I think, in a decade or longer, there's going to be a chance to get a modest return with complete safety by staying in what I would call the liquid or short end uh, of uh, the financial market. Okay, everybody heard that. You stay liquid and don't get greedy out there. So when we come back, we'll be talking to David Moore about the swamp. As I said, his, his uh, David's newest book coming out should be released soon. It's called Peak Trump. Why the undrainable swamp always wins. So we're and gonna I want to know why the swamp always wins yeah, when we come f- back. But we're going to find out what that swamp really is. Because Trump's I supposed mean, to be draining the swamp. And I think the swamp <laughs> is kicking his butt right now. But anyway, when we come back, we'll have insider David Stockman. Again, he was, he was Ronald Reagan's director of office 
of Management and Budget under President Reagan. He's the author of Trump, A Nation on the Brink of Ruin, How to Bring It Back, The Great Deformation, The Corruption of Capitalism in America. And David Stockman's website is davidstockmanscontracorner.com. Great, great uh, newsletter there. I love, I love reading your newsletter. So when we come back, David will be talking more about what is this mysterious swamp. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. What is your number one expense in life? Your number one expense, it's taxes. And I've asked the question is, how come there's no financial education in school, but why isn't there education on taxes either? You know, they tell you to save money, which is stupid. They tell you to invest in the stock market, which is stupid. But what they teach you about taxes? So here we have Rich Dad Advisor, Tom Wheelwright. We're talking about his revision for his book, Tax-Free Wealth. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Robert. So what's the tax-free wealth about? What, what's different this time? It's a rev revised edition. Well, so what we did was, is we ha this is the first major tax reform we've had in 30 years, 2017. Right. It was 86 was the last one. 86 was the last one right. back when I was in Washington, D.C. So many guys got wiped out because of that tax change. <laughs> they did. They yeah. did. It wiped out an entire industry, savings and loans. This new tax law is just as big, but in a very different way. It affects different industries. You know, the tax law is always a series of incentives. And the question is always which incentives and which ones apply to me. And so the, the key to revising tax-free wealth was what is it, what changed so much in this new tax law that we can absolutely take advantage of, I mean, seriously, the amazing incentives. For example, I mean, the bonus depreciation, for example, for real estate is unbelievable. You buy a, a, a million dollar apartment, get a $300,000 reduction or more the very first year. So if you want to make more money and pay less taxes like Donald Trump and myself, get Tom's book, Tax-Free Wealth. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Your financial education continues. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android at your convenience. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. And we archive them because we're an educational company with nothing to sell if no stocks, bonds, mutuals, hate, real, or gold to sell you. And as an education company, we know that repetition is how we learn best. So if you listen to this program one more time, You'll learn even more, but most importantly, have your friends, family, and business associates listen to this program and have, and have a discussion on it. Because what we're saying right now, this gentleman, David Stockman, who was part of uh, Reagan's uh, com team, he's saying the stocks will plunge 50% in this daredevil market. 
And I think it's good advice to take a look at that, you know, especially if you might lose your job. What would you do? So pre be prepared now before the, you know, what hits the fan. Get a comment, Kim? No, I, I, and I like what David said, and I would listen to this program again because there was a lot of information in that first first segment and saying what what David was saying is stay in in don't get greedy don't look for those big returns because when this correction comes or this recession comes or this crisis comes um, just you want to you want to do what you can to sustain what you've got so pay attention prepare get it so we're gonna we're gonna go on with David right now what is this mysterious swamp what that is, is the now swamp? Eating Trump alive. <laughs> yes. What is the swamp, David? That he went to, that he went to drain. Well, uh, figuratively, the swamp is like 20 miles on either side of the Potomac River <laughs> up and down <laughs> the corridors of Washington, D.C. It's inhabited with an unbelievable number of lobbyists and special interest groups and NGOs and think tanks and uh, special pleaders in the military-industrial complex, and we could go on and on, but it all... Uh, comes together in a budget that's out of control in a national debt that is going to take us down if something dramatic uh, doesn't change soon. We now have a $4.4 trillion federal budget, and it's growing uh, by a couple hundred billion a year. I have some perspective on this. When I was budget director, uh, the budget was $600 billion, not $4.4 trillion. When I came to Washington in 1970, I think it was less than $200 billion. So the thing never stops growing. So, and that's, it's on, so David, for the, for the layman, a $4.4 trillion budget means they've got to make that much money or they go... Uh, they start going negative. That's their yeah, nut every yeah. every year. That's their and nut. The, that's right. And the the problem is we're going to collect this year three point four trillion in taxes. So they're going to borrow one point two trillion dollars in the current year that we're in. And this is unprecedented because although we've had big deficits in the past, they've usually been at the bottom of a recession when, you know, the revenues dry up and unemployment rolls are high and so forth. But here we are 10 years into a so-called uh, recovery, the second longest in history, and the deficit, which normally would be shrinking or disappearing, and that has been the case historically in every business cycle, is now wide, not only widening, it's actually exploding. And this relates to what we just talked about in the first segment, because the Treasury now will have to borrow $1.2 trillion in the year we're in to close the gap between revenue and spending. Well, At the on. same time, and this is the key point, that the Fed, for the first time in history, is selling bonds into the market, not buying them from the market. So it results in a key number that uh, I know sounds big, but I think people can grasp it. I call it 1.8 trillion of homeless debt. And by that, I mean the Fed, the Treasury's borrowing 1.2 trillion of new money. The Fed is dumping uh, 600 billion of existing bonds. Somebody has to absorb all that. It will get absorbed eventually, but at much, much higher interest rates than we're at today. And that's what's causing the stock market to go through the tremors of the moment. And when this becomes fully apparent and fully, you know, in the market, uh, the uh, correction will, uh, you know, 
gather momentum and uh, the decline will be much so, more severe so, than we've seen today. Quick, quick question. So if they're selling bonds, if they're selling bonds, where, where is that money going? Uh, if the, <laughs> if the uh, Fed is selling bonds, it means uh, it's destroying that cash. They're destroying cash. That's, that's, all that's it is. essentially they're, they're what just, they're doing. They're just selling they're, it and then yeah, pretending they never had it. In other words, when they bought the bonds, they created fiat uh, money, as we yep. all know. Uh, and when they uh, sell them, they're basically extinguishing the phony money that they've been creating right. over the last several decades. So finally, we're even getting central bankers who are so fearful of what they've done going so far over the deep end with all this QE and zero interest rates and all the rest that they're trying desperately and rapidly uh, to get back to square one. That's They're calling it normalization. But they're not going to stop until they break something big, which is the economy and the financial market. You know, and here's the key thing. It used to be that when the economy was going into recession or starting to weaken then the stock market would follow down. Nowadays, it works the other way. The bubbles get so big that when they finally crash, and I say, you know, the peak was uh, September 21, uh, that brings the uh, economy down with it because then the corporations start getting nervous and they lay off people and they close plants and they shut down stores and all the rest of it. That's where we're heading. I think the fall of 2018 is very similar to the fall of 2008. Remember yeah, uh, yeah. the I Lehman bankruptcy one. and the, you know, the sheer panic and crisis. And what I think is happening is that we had a phony rescue with all this money printing and the debt of the U.S. government doubled, but it didn't solve anything. It only deferred the day of reckoning. And now here we are, back again, where we were 10 years ago, and. Basically, they've lied to you for the last decade, saying it's all fixed, everything's better, and that was a one-time aberration that will never happen again. Not true. So, David, David, why? So, let me ask the question: Why can't they just go back to Q- QE? Uh, they uh, because their balance sheet is now so massively expanded. When they started the first time, uh, in exactly a you know ten years ago to this day. Uh, the balance sheet of the Fed was $900 billion, okay? And in 94 days, they took it up to $2.2 trillion. Now, the reason I mention this is the 94 days resulted in more uh, balance sheet expansion at the Federal Reserve than it happened during the first 94 years of its existence. That's how crazy Bernanke got, okay? So now, after doing that and then adding on uh, in QE, QE2 and QE3 and all the rest of it, they've got, they got the balance sheet so big that it even scared the hell out of the Keynesians who were sitting on the Federal Reserve. So they're, <laughs> they're trying to shrink it, and they will until the economy buckles, but then it'll be too late. They will stop, I agree, but it'll be too late uh, to, to save the market. And this time, they really have, they don't have a lot of drag power. So, so let if, me ask you this then. If interest rates go up, doesn't that make the dollar, U.S. dollar stronger? Yes. And when the dollar gets stronger, then all these emerging markets out there who borrowed in dollars are toast also then. Absolutely. There's $10 trillion out there that has been borrowed mainly by emerging markets, heavily by even China, 
but uh, generally by non, you know, by other economies around the world that are now going to be paying uh, desperately uh, looking for dollars to service uh, debt where interest rates are going higher. Their scramble for dollars uh, to service their debt will drive the dollar exchange rate even higher, and the whole uh, vicious cycle uh, will uh, compound. You know, it's the opposite of what's been happening over the last 10 years. So if the dollar gets that much stronger, then the price of gold goes down. Uh, maybe and maybe not. Right, depending uh, on the, upon the yeah, panic. I, I think if there's enough of a crisis in the financial market where people lose all confidence that they know what they're doing at the Fed, because now you're going to have something totally new. You're going to have a president who tweets every morning, who speaks his mind, who I think is totally wrong about monetary policy, by the way. I mean, he's a low-interest man, but you can't have interest rates for 10 years that are below zero in real terms. Well, he's a real estate guy. (laughs) But, but, you know, he made his fortune, such as it is, from borrowing huge amounts of money at low rates and buying buildings. Yeah. So the point is, he's going to be attacking the Fed full frontal like never before as this stock market correction uh, gathers steam. And I think that's going to scare a lot of people because the parents are fighting. You know, they're screaming at each each other uh, and throwing utensils in the kitchen or (laughs) something, you know. Um, So this this is why... um, you know, I think uh, there is going to be a new um, outbreak, uh, breakout for gold, not because of people fearing inflation, you know, in the CPI sense, but people losing confidence in the government, in, in the government right, and right. in the Fed and in the instruments which trade uh, on Wall Street uh, based on... So- uh, you know the confidence so, that the Fed's going to. Yeah, so, everything so David, up. let's let's get back to the swamp. So the reason the swamp yeah. is going to win is because these are the guys that are sucking at the teeth of the government. They want more yeah. government money. Yeah, and the thing is, the Republican Party that was the bastion of whatever fiscal rectitude we had left in the system. Uh, has now given up, uh, given up the ghost. Uh, they put up the white flag because, unfortunately, Donald Trump thinks debt is a wonderful thing. He doesn't realize, <laughs> you know, he he doesn't realize how much we have and how deep we're in, <laughs> how deep in the soup we're in, and how late we're we are in the cycle. And so he's raised defense spending by 100 billion. We didn't need it. It's a complete waste. We had too much already. He said he won't cut Social Security. Well, the two of those together, $2 trillion, if you're raising one and not touching the other, that's half the budget you're saying is off limits. And then they can't do anything about medical. They tried. That's another trillion. And then the rest of it's pork and the Republican politicians are as good. So, David, the last question is this. Are you watching this, you know, this the PBGC is a pension benefit guarantee corporation. You have Helpers, yeah. which is a trillion dollars, is the retirement of state government employees. Are you watching that fiasco? Yeah, I mean, that's another whole, <laughs> you know, that's another whole thing. And, 
it's a, it's a, it's going to just be another factor compounding the difficulties. States have way underfunded. I mean, some of them are worse than others. Illinois is a total basket case. California has big problems. Most other states uh, are somewhere in between. But the point is they've drastically underfunded their pensions, and now they're going to have to raise taxes in order to make up. Oh, the, God. Like, because they can't, because states can't print money. Yeah. Yeah, states so, can't but, print money, and so they're going to raise taxes or they're going to cut uh, other services to the bone. You know, in other words, we've been in a fantasy land, and it's easy when you're printing the money and borrowing the money and the stock market is rising and you have a false prosperity rolling along for a few years or quarters, and then all of a sudden it does come to a screeching halt and everything that you've been, you know, kicking under the rug uh, starts to, uh, you know, show its ugly face. And so, David, th- this is what I was saying, okay? So let's say the feds control, the federal government controls Social Security and Medicare. So a push came to a shove. They could print the money for that. But can state and local governments print money for their welfare programs? No, no, absolutely they can't. So that's the challenge. And, and, and even though the feds could print money in theory, my, my uh, strong argument is that after having done exactly that for the last 30 years, see, when Greenspan went to the Fed, he became chairman in 1987, the balance sheet of the Fed was $200 billion and it peaked at $4.5 trillion. All right, so that's a 22 well, What was that again? That was under Greenspan? No, from from the time Greenspan took over until uh, it peaked under Bernanke and Yellen oh. in 2014. Wow. But, but you see, my point is, when it went from 200 billion to 4.5 trillion in that uh, 25 year period, that was printing money. That's what. That's how the balance sheet got so big. They printed money and they bought bonds. Okay. Now, when you stop doing that, and the economy has to get back on its own two feet. And debt has to be uh, funded out of new savings from real people, not the printing press at the Fed. Uh, you're in a totally different world. And that's, that's what I call the, the great pivot that we're in today and why we're at the peak of the bubble and are now sort of uh, heading for the morning after. So, David, you know, we're out of time, but we could go for another six hours with you. <laughs> yeah, well, we covered some good ground. We good did, ground. We yeah, did. so yeah. obviously yeah. We'll, we'll always love to have you back, if that's all right with you. Sure. So, and, David, and, thank you very much for your, uh, you know, your research and your diligence and you sharing what you see, what's coming up. Okay, very good. Uh, thank you, thank you David. You. So yeah. we come back, we're going to ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. 
financial freedom begins with financial education. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. And you can listen to the program anytime, anywhere at your convenience on iTunes or Android. And you can listen to this program anytime at richdadradio.com. We archive all of our radio programs because repetition is how you learn. So you listen to this program a second time, you'll learn probably 70% more that you probably missed the first time. But more importantly, get together and listen to your friends, family, and business associates, and especially your brother-in-law who knows everything, and then discuss it. I think you'll find a lively discussion on this one especially. So anyway, I wanna thank David Stockman. Again, he's, he's announced his new book. It's called Peak Trump. Why the Undrainable Swamp Will Win. And the swamp is everybody out there is looking for a government handout. You know, and there's a lot of those today. And I thought, and because he was the budget director under Ronald Reagan, he's an insider. And to all too often, we listen to your idiot brother-in-law or sister-in-law who knows nothing, but they have an opinion on everything. And I think that's one of the problems with most people. They're getting bad or misinformation or distorted information from you know, somebody who knows nothing. You know, aren't you guys tired of listening to people who know nothing? So at least Stockman was an insider, and he's still an insider, and he was telling us what he sees coming. Now, will it happen? Maybe, maybe not, but you gotta make up your own mind on those things. And, and I mean, that's part of the reason for the Rich Dad Radio Show, part of the main yeah. reason, and I, I like this word that David Stockman uses, he calls hopium, yeah. hopium. It's like hopium. everything's hoping that everything's gonna be great, and everything's gonna be wonderful, and the yeah. economy's doing wonderful, and jobs are up, and everything is great, and he's like, so we're, all we wanna do is show you other sides of the coin other sides of the story. That's correct. You know, I you know, I want it to be nice and sunny Me and too. clear and bright and bushy-tailed and <laughs> that you know everybody can live for free and you know the <laughs> government will give us a million dollars a month each and we can all stop working and no, not pay taxes and the government will just print that money and we'll have a great time. But I don't Chances know about you. Are. I don't think it's going <laughs> to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> you know, if I thought giving people money worked, <laughs> yeah. I'd give up money, but all you, when what the problem is is when you give people money, you just keep more. You have more people like Washington D.C. the swamp. They want more money. You know they don't learn a damn thing. That's the problem. I mean, how many have? You know, when I was in Sunday school, you said you can give a man a fish and you teach him for a day, and you can teach a man to fish or a woman and you can feed him for a lifetime. Rich Dad believes in teaching people to fish, but if you think giving people money works. Well, this is not your radio program. So anyway, thank you to David Stockman. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So this is Ask Robert. Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today comes from Costas in Cyprus. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, why do you support the gold standard? I agree with your points against the fractional reserve system. However, returning to the gold standard will lead to a minority of investors buying up a controlling interest and holding a nation hostage. Is it not better to limit fiat currency creation to governments rather than central banks and retail banks? You know, Costas, you should, you should just go and do that. <laughs> just go do that. Especially if you're from Cyprus, you know, ground zero of corruption. I, didn't, I never said get the dollar back on the gold standard. You were the, you were the site of a bail-in. They actually stole all your money, and they gave it to the banks. And you want to debate that? You know, I I just can't believe that. 
it was years and years ago, most of you are too young to remember this, but there was a guy named Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh and he moved to Antelope, Oregon and he started this sex cult up there and a lot of people were having a good time up there in Bhagwan country and they were giving the Bhagwan all their money and the Bhagwan, I think, had 92 Rolls Royces because he was so rich. Because if you're a if you're a religion, you don't have to pay taxes. So I remember he, everybody, everybody in Antelope, Oregon, was up in arms. A little tough, oh, it was a main, it was a main scandal. Kim's from Kim's <laughs> from Portland, and they only had 20 people in town and nine million hippies having sex all over the place. They were got they were a little upset. So the reporter walks in, and the only he can say to the Bhagwan is, "Hey, a Bhagwan." Um, why do you have 92 Rolls Royces? And the Bhagwan says to the kid, he says, that's a really stupid question. The question is, why don't you have 92 Rolls Royces? And, and that's what I find in most people. They wanna talk about things like a smoke screen. The question is today, I never said go on the gold standard. My question to you right now, Mr. Costas and Cyprus, how much gold do you have? You know, why don't you go on the gold standard? Or how much cash do you have? Because what David Stockman said today was this. He says, the thing that's gonna work now is not, you know, savings will come up because interest rates will go up, but also gold will work. So when, you know, whenever I'm at dinner, I'm listening to people discuss things like, you know, do you think President Trump should cut his hair? I'm going, why don't you, why don't you discuss something you can do? Like, how much gold have you got? How much cash on hand do you have? How much debt are you carrying? You know, what's happening to your kids who are out smoking hopium? You know, what what are, you, what are you doing? But people discuss things they can't control. Any comments? <laughs> That's pretty well said. That's pretty well said. Because really what David's saying is he's saying kind of get yourself in a liquid position. He's saying stay with gold. And, and it's Cash. true. It's like there's, there's only so much we can do and so much we can control. So let's control what we can control, buy what we can buy, put ourselves in a position so when this crash happens, we're in a great place. That's what you can do. And so let me just say one more thing. Okay, let's say you're a U.S. citizen. Not everybody is. But if in Cyprus, you know, I'd be buying some U.S. dollars and Swiss francs. <laughs> but anyway, or I wouldn't hold euro. But anyway, the thing here is this. If the dollar gets stronger because interest rates go up, the price of gold will come down. And I was talking to a village idiot the other day who knows nothing about gold. He says, well, the price of gold is coming down. I said, yeah, because the dollar is getting stronger. And they go, no, 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 that's not true. Do you know what I mean? They know nothing. Now, if you're living in Argentina today, the price of gold just went through the roof because the Argentine currency went down to the toilet. You see, the price of gold is relative to the currency or the specie inside your domicile, the country you live in. So for Americans, this is really a good time to buy gold because if you're, if you're earning U.S. dollars, the price of gold should start coming down because interest rates are going up and the dollar's getting stronger. So when I'm talking to the village idiot who's, who is, I don't know where this guy was smoking stuff, but he says, well, I don't, you know, the price of gold is going down and all this. I said, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because this is what I predict will happen, and I could be wrong. There's only so much gold available today, and it's getting less and less because the rich guys who have the wherewithal are grabbing gold and putting it into deep storage. They're called the Chinese, the Russians. 
uh, many rich Americans and all this. They're putting gold in deep storage. That means the amount of gold available for the public is getting smaller and smaller. It's shrinking. I'm going, hey, just answer one question. How much gold do you have? To heck with whether we should go on the gold standard or not. Are you on the gold standard? So that's why, you know, talk is cheap, talk is cheap, talk is cheap. Thank you for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. You can submit your questions. Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And thank you to Davis Talkman. Thank you for listening.